Will there actually be high school sports this year? Hi everybody, John Hull with an Elk Grove Sports Minute on ElkGroveNews.net. That question is now being bantered about quite a bit by all high school and, for that matter, sports fans locally. So, I decided I'd call my friend Joe Davidson of the Sacramento Bee, longtime prep sports writer, and ask him the question. Uh, Joe, I, first thing I got to ask you is your take on what's going on with uh, high school sports. Uh, is there, I know you're positive and you have such a great, great way of looking at, um, at prep sports and the way that you write for the Sacramento Bee, but Joe, honestly, can, are you pessimistic that there will be a season? I am now, John. It's, uh, I am an optimist. Uh, for months I was writing about, hey, we, we will have high school football and high school sports because we always have. And we will have them because they'll figure it out. The administrators will figure it out. The, the, the common person out there who should be wearing a mask will figure it out. Um, but then my, my, my tone changed um, because the COVID numbers are trending up, which is bad, and um, you know when you've got most of the state of California in the purple tier, which is the worst tier of the color tiered system, that's bad news. And when you know, John, here's the best way to boil it down: if you cannot have on-campus instruction, then you cannot have high school sports. And most of the schools in the state are, are off campus. Uh, some of the private schools get these waivers; they don't have a district. They have a different uh, jurisdiction and, and governing body of sorts. And it's not the CIF that determines it. It's each school district that determines, um, you know, if there's going to be on-campus learning. And those school districts are going to listen to the science and the health departments. And they're recommending uh, or, or, or mandating not to do those things. So to answer your question, it looks like a long shot. Um, if you go in layers, it was back in July with a, California Interscholastic Federation and Rhonda Chetty, the executive director, said we're going to start the CIF sports calendar. We're going to push it back into January as an effort to just see if we can't catch some time and figure out this pandemic. And, and we're going to continue to listen to the county health departments and all that. So we're that's just around the corner. And we are no closer to a start date. Uh, I wrote a commentary in the Sacramento Bee the other day, John, where I said, you know, it's, it's just kicking the can down the road, just trying to buy time. And that can's about to get stopped. And people will argue, well, there's 30 states that did play football, high school football. Yes. Some of those states are in smaller populated regions, but some of those areas um, had stop and starts, canceled games, postponed games. Um, some teams in Florida only played two games. Um, the Phoenix or uh, the Arizona High School Sports Association last week pulled the plug in progress during the football playoffs. That we're, we're, we've got too many COVID numbers. Utah's got a real problem. So it's um, and it's political. I think a lot of people look at it politically. Uh, you get some blue voters who say, "Oh, we need to be safe and smart." I can see that argument. And then you get some who maybe voted red. They're saying now this, the, the survival rate is high. The governor knew some fault. It's the CIS fault. They're out to, to stick at the kids. I can understand their frustration because they want their kids to have experiences. And the survival rate is extremely high. Nobody, no young people are getting sick. It's not the young people 
that people are worried about getting sick. It's the young people going home to grandparents and aunts and uncles who are helping raise them that you're worried about getting sick. Yeah. Joe, um, I, I know from my cousin in uh, Texas, who's a broadcaster there, uh, this past week, about half of the games in his area that he covers got, well, actually uh, had to forfeit. There was like half the teams had to forfeit because so many members of the team contracted the virus and they ended up handing like forfeit wins to their opponent. And they're, go and it, right now they're, crawl they're calling foul and so it's a mess i know in that part of it, central it texas yeah and it, it and, and, and you've been in texas and texas is a different animal texas football is a an absolute religion and passion and and so when people say well they made it work in texas without any problems well no there have been problems well they made it work in alabama without problems now there were problems um, there's been problems in every state um so it's um you know, this virus is airborne. So if you and I are in a stadium or if you're in a locker room and if you're you're raising your voice um, and, and yelling, it's those droplets out of our breath that becomes, you know, that's the concern. And so you, you wear your mask and, and hope that's enough. So, um, you know, John, we all know, having done this for years, the both of us, you being a teacher, you being a, uh, a sports writer, your kids playing sports, we know what sports does for a kid and a team and a campus and a community, whether it's in Elk Grove or Galt or El Dorado Hills or Del Paso Heights or anywhere across the country, we know how important those things are. This is an unusual, scary, unprecedented thing that nobody's been prepared for. And it sounds like there's some vaccine breakthroughs, which is, which is going to help. Um, but, you know, these the year of 2020 is the worst we could all remember, and a lot of these kids have, have suffered. And there's 815,000 student athletes in the state of California as freshmen, JV, varsity. That number exceeds 100. Or that, that that number exceeds 1 million when you think of the people who are in marching band and theater and dance and uh, drumline. Um, so there's more than a million students in California who are on pause. I mean, there's not marching bands going on right now, so the, you feel for all of them. And, and, and there's a big concern, legit concern, about the rising rate of suicide. And people are concerned. And for years, um, hey, how do we keep our kids engaged? How do we keep them motivated? Get, get them in sports, get them in the extracurricular, get them in the theater. Man, all that stuff is on hold. Yeah, you can do some of your theater and your band through Zoom, but that's not the same. That's not right. Same. So, so that's... Um, you know, it would have been interesting if you were still teaching at Burbank High School. It would have been a different deal. Could you imagine doing journalism just through Zoom? You know, journalism is a hand-on deal. So it's, it's um, yeah. Well, you know, I uh, get through it, but it, it's been a tough road. Yeah, I know, and and it, uh, I'm I'm on docket to teach journalism in the spring online at Casumnas River College, Joe, and I just don't know. You know, it's it's hard. It's hard to teach journalism. Via Zoom, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll right. admit that. Hey, um, what I'd like to a couple of things that have happened, Joe, uh, since um, all of this has been going on, that I want your input on, just your just your reaction. Um, how how the Major League Baseball season ended with seven Elk Grove Thundering Herd alumni on a Major League Baseball roster uh, that that's almost unheard of. I 
I've tried to find out from the Elias Sports Bureau if that's a record. Most number of kids from the same high school on a roster at the same time. Now, nobody's... You know, that's, uh, it's, that's a hard one to find. I think uh, Cal High Sports has looked into that. There's been a couple of powerhouse private schools in Southern California and in Florida that have had some numbers. Um, but, you know, hey, let's think about Grove. That's still a small town, considering uh, as compared to a Los Angeles or Miami, Florida, or Chicago. And um, it's a great tribute to... Um, coach Jeff Carlson, he's the, the greatest baseball coach in section history of all those championships. And, and he used to always tell us, and you had kids who played there. Um, yeah. We talked to him after many a championship time. He goes, hey, winning is nice, but really what we're trying to do at Gold Baseball is get these kids ready for the next level, whether that's college, uh, pro ball, or just being a, a parent, a dad, a citizen, a teacher, or a coach, whatever they might be. And Boy, has he done his job, and a lot of it rooted in work ethic, doing it the right way. Uh, and, and at Oak Grove, uh, there's been layers. So you get a guy like J.D. Davis who helps mentor Rowdy Tellez, and, and you get um, uh, Jake Rodriguez who helps mentor young guys, and uh, Dom Nunez who helps mentor young guys, and then you get uh, um, you know the Madrigal brothers who help mentor guys, and, and it's just that's the way to do it. So they all look up to the next guy. And then Dylan Carlson was influenced by those guys. And he's the son of, the, of this coach, uh, Jeff Carlson. So how about that? And, and they're all young guys, uh, John. So I think they're going to be in the big leagues for a while. And they're just getting a sample of it. Um, it's just, um, I mean, you look at Nick Madrigal, five foot six, And he's the number three or four pick in the draft uh, a year ago or a year before. And, you know, he's, He's just a young guy. He's not going anywhere. And then Rowdy Tellez is all about power. So you get the you know, Nick Madrigal, who's a, the terrific infielder, and he's a hard out, and, you, and his small strike zone at the plate, so he's, he's hard to pitch to, and, and um, has an instinct and a feel for the game. And then you get a power guy like Rowdy Tellez and J.D. Davis. Um, yeah. And then you get a guy who do a little bit of everything, switch hitter and Dylan Carlson. So I think it's um, it's remarkable. It, it's one of the, the because we know, John, how hard it is to make it to the, to the big leagues. You have to have opportunity, and, and there's so many layers of minor league ball. Yeah. And, uh, so for them to break through and, and get there is, um, is amazing. If, if, it's, if a big part of their success is rooted in their high school, that's, that's, that's just tremendous. And they'll tell you that, too. Everyone will tell you that. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, Joe, one other thing, too, is that you and I both like to cover the uh, community colleges and uh, their sports programs. We've been at some games together at the same time. Um, does this COVID-19 also look like it might wash out the community college seasons? Well, they, uh, the community college, the JC system has pushed their uh, sports calendar, calendar to January as well. So for JC football, uh, a great product a great launching pad for kids to get to the four-year level. A lot of guys landing in the NFL. Um, they're going to do a spring season, and they're hopeful. Um, but it's all all the time. Um, those seasons will play out if there are not alarming spikes um, continued on the COVID thing. Um, if we look at the Los Rios Community College District, Cascendant River College is still doing distance learning. So is Sacramento City College. So is American River College. So is Sierra College in a different district. So they're, they're not even on campus. Um, but they're worried. All the coaches are worried. There's some talk. 
among the junior college coaches in Northern California and throughout the state that some schools may opt out. They said, we, we don't have the resources um, or mm-hmm. the, the personnel to test this many people. We're going to opt out of softball or football. Um, and, and there's concern that it's going to be a, a real schedule disaster there. Um, so we'll see. But we do know that the junior college kids have been granted an extra year of eligibility. So that's, that, that helps them. Same with the four-year level, like at Sacramento State and UC Davis. Um, they can maintain a, an extra year. There's been there's some people, uh, some parents who don't quite get it, are wondering, well, why can't a high school kid get a fifth year? Well, you can't have a fifth-year, 19-year-old senior who's no longer taking classes in high school, but he's playing football against a 16-year-old. You can't do that. You know, you're yeah. going to have to live in somewhere. But, um, so, you know, to answer your question, John, uh, are we going to have any sports at the high school or college level? Um, only if these numbers decline. But right now, in the last couple of weeks, it's been a record amount of COVID-positive tests across the country. And, and California is, is, is not exempt from that, unfortunately. Joe, uh, finally, then I'll have to let you go. Uh, I sure appreciate the time you've given me here today. But can you plug your feature that you are uh, that you're going to put into the B about uh, about Cal Poly sports? Uh, yes. Sure, sure. That's uh, uh, Cal Poly football. Nineteen sixty had sixteen men's and women's football team die in a plane crash, and at that time, it was the greatest sports disaster of its time with a plane crash since surpassed by the 1970 Marshall football team when the whole team went down. Um, and it hits hard for me because my dad and my stepmother have lived in San Luis Obispo for 30 years. My, my dad died a year ago at 90. But in 1960, he was a young CBS News photographer. And he got wind of this plane crash and he had a little plane, and he got a sound guy in San Francisco, and they dipped down to Cal Poly, and he had the first uh, national news reaction of the people from the school and the town, um, and people were, were just devastated. Um, and I'm not sure if that's how I got my journalism started. It was well before I was born, but it was a, um, you know, it's a nice thing to remember, and I remember my dad said for years, um, you know, those are hard stories to do uh, because people are so upset because uh, you're going to get plenty of reaction, a lot of raw human reaction. But covering tragedy and death is, 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 is pretty grim. And so the Cal Poly football team every year honors um, those that were lost by going out and going through that monument right next to the Spano Stadium. Uh, hasn't happened this fall because there's been no games, but uh, th- those players live on in the beautiful monument and uh, every time I come here down down here John I, I, I make sure I stop by just to just to reflect a little bit yeah that's great and I love the photos that you've already posted to your Instagram and and, uh, and so uh, I encourage everybody to read sacb.com right it'll be up pretty yes, sir. yeah you bet all right Joe Davidson of the Sacramento Bee hey I hope that you follow us on Twitter you can follow Joe at sacb Joe D or follow me on Twitter at John Hull EG. Hey, thanks for listening.